Have you seen that new show on Amazon Prime or the one on Disney Plus? How about that Apple TV comedy that won all the awards? No, well, I suppose that's hardly surprising. In the final part of our conversation with W. David Marks about his new book, Status and Culture, he explains how this superabundance of content in the Internet age spiked traditional relationships between status and culture, creating a world in which the avant-garde withers and mass culture and money itself claim ever more mind share. So the Internet has really challenged all the parameters in which we were signaling status, understanding culture, forming taste, forming identity. And we don't quite know what to do with that yet. Something feels off about culture, and I believe it comes down to the fact that status value used to be created through the interactions of these groups and the struggles between these groups, and less status value is being created now, which makes everything seem less interesting at an unconscious level. And let me explain why I think that's happening. So one thing is that there used to be very few cultural items. And so everything that was in front of you in some ways had a meaning because there were very few things and we could keep track of those meanings. On the internet, everything is infinite. And this long tail of content that exists means that you can choose from a wide variety of things to listen to and things to wear and things to read. But it's not very clear that other people will know what those things are or be able to read them as status signals. And maybe we don't necessarily want them to be status signals, but it still means that we choose all this culture that no one will understand and we can't talk to anybody about. And so what it's done is actually pushed us back to these, this mainstream culture and the head because we know that if we listen to the new Drake album or the new Beyonce album, it's very likely that someone else will have heard that and we can have a conversation and they'll know something about us and our identity. The other problem is that fashion cycles used to move slowly enough that certain groups would be able to adopt a new style, it would become associated with them, they could authentically make it part of their lives. Now fashion moves so fast, it could literally be known by people outside of your group within an hour. And the fact that other people and outsiders can adopt the same things weakens those social meanings, it weakens the status value as there's fewer associations with wealthy or, or high status people, and it actually makes people be a little less willing to adopt new uh, styles because they can't guarantee that it will be dis distinctive into them themselves. So then we also add on this idea of omnivore culture, which is we consume high and low. It's somewhat distasteful to have distaste towards things now. And so that means that the groups we used to use to tell us uh, this is good and this is bad have somewhat stepped back from that role. Everything is great now. Uh, but that means there's very few hard lines between this is our culture and this is not our culture. And those groups were creating a lot of status value for the difficult culture that they uh, were interested in by saying this is ours and the mainstream doesn't understand it, but we're going to fight for it and we're going to hate uh, superhero movies or big blockbusters because that's not art and we're going to focus on art. The internet in general is just pushing uh, us towards this strange monoculture of abundance where there's almost everything in the world and yet we're aggregating towards certain choices because there's too much elsewhere and these things don't have that much social value. So instead we focus on the big blockbusters that can still be used in social communication with other people. 
as we don't have this um, these tokens that we can use in this status battle, then we revert to pure economic value. Economic capital has a role that it never used to. The symbolic order having fallen away, we get back to filthy lucre. That's right. So in the past, status signaling went from a spectrum of economic to cultural capital. And if you think about a very impoverished country, if somebody has a lot of money, if the dictator in the country is, you know, embezzling all the money and has all the money, in order to show a higher status position, all they have to do is spend that money because people don't have that money. And so in highly stratified societies, economic capital is all you need to create status distinction. In a more equitable more layered and nuanced society like uh, the US or the UK or Japan where you have an upper middle class and a middle class, you'll get groups who are battling for status without economic capital because they may not have as much, but they're using symbolic capital. They're using culture as a way to make these distinctions to say, I have better taste than you do. You know, if you look at avant-garde art, this is a way to signal status without any money at all. It's simply all about culture. And the problem at the moment is that culture is based off information and on the internet, information is so free that it's very much damaging cultural capital as a form that we can signal status with. And so it's pushing us back to economic capital as the most effective tool for status signaling, even in places uh, that in the past had culture as, as a alternative. And so today, if you want to signal your status, it's very difficult to do that by listening to a band uh, that m many people may not know about or wearing a fashion brand people may not know about. It may come down to ultimately just how much money you spend, which, you know, the problem there is that culture, when it is based on conspicuous consumption, is quite boring because the thing about conspicuous consumption is if you own a giant house, even a three-year-old who doesn't know anything about the world and economics and class and status will still know that this person must be very important for having a giant house. And so these symbols are very simplistic and boring. What is really important in the cultural ecosystem is we have some sort of mechanism to promote complex culture and the creation of complex culture and the valuation of it. And there really isn't a great mechanism for rewarding that kind of work the way there was 100 years ago. 100 years ago, we could rely on status signaling to promote this kind of difficult culture. And now we can't. So we have to, as a culture, decide how are we going to reward and promote people who make difficult art. And difficult art isn't for everybody, and we don't have to make people feel bad if they don't understand the difficult art, but being innovative and making things of great symbolic complexity ends up refreshing the entire cultural ecosystem for everybody. And it's very important that there continues to be a way to promote and celebrate that kind of art. And, and what is that way? When people are experts in manipulating symbols and creating innovative new forms of art from that, that they, they need to be recognized. And so, you know, the first thing it could start is literally just critics going back to the mandate they had not so long ago, which is to find the most innovative things in the market and to reward them instead of using all their time and attention to simply uh, write about and promote slightly interesting things in mass culture. <laughs> That sounds like a very, a very good plan, a very good plan. 
I was talking there to W. David Marks about his book, Status and Culture, How Our Desire for Social Rank Creates Taste, Identity, Art, Fashion and Constant Change. And for an extended version of that interview, this week's Culture File Weekly is the place for you. That's Saturday, 6.30pm here on RTE Lyric FM.